Chapter twenty six of the Ordeal of Elizabeth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caroline. Chapter twenty six of the Ordeal of Elizabeth by Anonymous. The summer passed for an eventful one at Bassett Mills, being marked by at least two subjects of conversation the one the engagement of elizabeth van forst of the homestead that girl of malvina jones to a gentleman from town who was reported to be rolling in wealth the second the illness of amanda jones of that fashionable disease called nervous prostration which no other girl at bassett mills but amanda who had always given herself airs would have had the time or the money to indulge in she had been taken ill while visiting her relations in new york and her mother had gone up to nurse her and announced on her return that amanda was that nervous the doctor the best that could be had as she observed with pride had recommended complete rest and sending her to a sanitarium for a few months but there really ain't much the matter with her amanda's mother explained rather tartly to elizabeth who inquired for particulars as to her cousin's illness she has fits of crying and then of sitting still and staring straight before her like as if she was in a trance and then she'll get up and walk up and down the room for hours and sometimes she'll notice you and sometimes she won't but dear me it's all nonsense i say if she had some hard work to do it would be better for her but the doctor didn't seem to think so and so i let her go to the sanitarium no one shall say that i grudge the expense as thank heaven i don't have to though there ain't another person at the mills that wouldn't i'm sure i hope it will do her good elizabeth said kindly she felt so glad to have amanda whatever the reason away from bassett mills that she was conscious of a sudden pang of remorse which increased when she received a letter from her cousin congratulating her upon her engagement it was a perfectly rational letter with only slight references to her illness and none at all to that unpleasant last interview in town and elizabeth answered the congratulations in the same amicable spirit in which they were offered reflecting that after all much of amanda's peculiarity must be excused on the ground of her persistent ill-health and yet as she sealed and directed her own letter she breathed again a fervent thanksgiving that amanda was safely out of the way there was another person for whose absence just then she felt devoutly thankful when her engagement was announced early in july against her own wishes and in deference to gerard's she had received a terrible letter from halleck denouncing her perfidy and threatening to come up at once she had answered it as best she could imploring his silence and enclosing a sum of money which she borrowed from her aunts on the plea of urgent bills far from mythical unfortunately but which remained unpaid 
whether or no paul granted her request he pocketed the money and she next heard of him as having gone abroad for the summer the piece of news casually mentioned one day in the course of conversation thrilled her with a sense of overpowering relief a suggestion against which she struggled in vain of possible accidents of all the things that might reasonably happen to those who travel by sea or land elizabeth breathed a devout wish it might almost be called a prayer that this particular traveller might never return meanwhile the summer passed a cool delightful summer rich with a succession of fragrant sunshiny days and long balmy evenings and signalized by what for the neighbourhood was an unusual amount of gaiety several entertainments were given in honour of elizabeth's engagement among others a large dinner at the van antwerps and for this elizabeth wore it was gerard's fancy the same white gown in which he had first seen her which he vowed that he cared for more than all her other gowns put together and though she had pouted a little and declared that the others were far more smart she yielded to his wishes in this as she did in most things yet during the evening she noticed now and again his eyes fixed upon her with an odd doubtful expression as one who searches his memory for the details of a likeness and finds inexplicably something lacking i know what it is he announced abruptly when they had wandered after dinner for a little while into the conservatory i was wondering what it was i missed and now i know you haven't got on your pearls you wore them that night in fact i never saw you in full dress without them she flushed beneath his wandering gaze reflecting how constantly he had observed her wishing almost that he had not observed her quite so much did you forget them he asked smiling as she made no response but merely put up her hand to her white neck as if just reminded of the fact that it was unadorned she plucked a rose from a plant near by and began nonchalantly to pull it to pieces oh i didn't feel in the mood to put them on she said carelessly i somehow i think i shall not be in the mood to wear them again for a long while he was watching her lazily an amused smile gleaming in the depths of his dark eyes what an odd capricious child you are he said you're all made up of moods i never know what to expect next she was picking the rose to pieces very deliberately petal by petal her eyes cast down yes i am all made up of moods she echoed softly you must never be surprised at anything i do or say i am not he returned smiling and yet he went on after a moment i confess i'm a little surprised and disappointed at this last one i was thinking to tell the truth as i had an idea you valued those pearls particularly of asking you to let me have them so that i could get you another string to match them exactly 
the last petal of the rose fell from elizabeth's hand she stared up at gerard with an odd frightened expression don't she broke out harshly i i hate pearls then with a sudden change as she saw the absolute bewilderment in his face she laid her hand gently on his arm dear she said very sweetly you must have patience with my moods i've got an idea just now that pearls are unlucky it's very silly i know but don't argue with me bear with me julian let me have my own way a little they were alone in the conservatory he put his arm around her and pressed his lips to hers a little he murmured have your own way a little didn't i tell you my darling that you should have your own way in everything she seemed to shrink away with an involuntary shiver at the words ah but i don't want it she protested it's the last thing i want if she freed herself from his hold and stood looking him very sweetly and steadily in the face if we are married julian if he echoed reproachfully it's always safer to say if she said ah but that's a suggestion i won't tolerate he declared firmly i'll have my own way in that if nothing else but when we are married elizabeth he paused when we are married then she echoed the point resignedly blushing rosy red when we are married julian it must be your way not mine yours is far better wiser yes she stopped his protest with an imperious gesture i feel it even though i try sometimes to dispute it i shall never do that later i shall try with all the strength i have to be more worthy of your love but now just now julian she looked at him anxiously and a note of appeal crept into her voice if i seem odd wilful don't blame me don't doubt me doubt you he took her hand and raised it reverently to his lips i shall never doubt you again my darling no matter what you do or say there was the ring of absolute confidence in his voice yet it might have been that which made her shiver and shrink away almost as if he had struck her a blow i-i think we had better go back to the others she announced abruptly in a moment and her intonation was quick and sharp almost as if she were frightened and trying to escape from some threatened danger it's she smiled uncertainly it's not quite good form i think for us to wander off like this hang good form said gerard but still he followed her back resignedly to the other room and she gave as they reached the lights and the people a soft sigh of relief which fortunately he did not hear yet he noticed that for the rest of the evening she was paler than she had been at first this pallor increased when mrs bobby too voiced the question which had been perplexing her all the evening as to why she did not wear the pearls 
elizabeth did not mention her moods it is evident that women cannot be put off in such important questions as that of jewellery with the vague answers that might satisfy a man she said that the string had broken and she had sent them to town to be restrung her aunts knew that they had been there for that purpose since early spring and they could not understand why she did not send for them since other things had been left at the same jeweller's notably that little jewelled watch which they had heard of but never seen it was odd that elizabeth should have lost to so large an extent her taste for pretty things gerard too noticed this but he would not ask her any more questions later he gave her a string of emeralds set with diamonds which she wore to entertainments in the neighbourhood that autumn and no one asked any more questions about the pearls since it was natural that she should prefer to wear his gift his trust in her was absolute as he had said it seemed as if he would make amends now by the plentitude of his confidence for that former instinctive reasonless distrust and then she was so different from the frivolous girl he had first imagined her every day he reproached himself with his old estimate of her character as he discovered in her new and unexpected depths of brain and soul she read all the books that he recommended some of them very deep and she would once have thought very tiresome and she surprised him by the intelligence of her criticisms she took a sympathetic interest in those articles by which he was making a name for himself in the scientific world and she entered with an apparently perfect comprehension into all his hopes thoughts and aspirations there was only one thing in which she baffled him one point where her old wilfulness would come between them this was her obstinate and unaccountable refusal to name their wedding-day the neighbourhood was exercised on the subject it had been decided by unanimous consent that the wedding should be in the autumn quite the best time for a wedding as the rector's wife observed and lay awake one whole night planning the most charming and inexpensive decorations of autumn leaves and goldenrod but all the reward she received for her pains was the information that elizabeth did not care for autumn weddings and as the mrs van forst at gerard's request had taken a small apartment in town for the winter the rector's wife had many pangs at the thought that the bassett mills church and her husband would lose all the prestige that would attend this great event to say nothing of the fee but when gerard as a matter of course spoke of their being married in town elizabeth looked up deprecatingly into his face wait till i'm twenty-one she pleaded this is my unlucky year you know do please julian wait till it's over but gerard's face was set in rigid lines like that of a man who is determined to stand no more trifling 
elizabeth's unlucky year would not be passed till april End of chapter twenty six